0: The Incomparable Number 527 August 2020
1: Welcome back everybody to The Incomparable I'm your host Jason Snell This episode is about a movie A movie released in theaters Briefly It made like $100,000 Because then they shut down all the theaters But then it was released on streaming And we all watched it And realized oh no the time loop movie clause in our incomparable contract has kicked in, and we must discuss <laughs> Palm Springs, starring Andy Samberg, Kristen Milioti, and yes, J.K. Simmons is there, too. Joining me to discuss this movie, which you might have read as a romantic comedy that had nothing to do with time loops, but that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Are the following panelists. Eric Ensign is here. Hello. You're always in, you're in a time loop of incomparable episodes, which <laughs> are all true. about time loop movies.
2: Yeah. Speaking of the contract kicking in, I'm specifically mentioned in that contract. So mm-hmm. here I am. Yeah. Reporting you're, for duty.
1: You have to be. We had, we had the, we had the, uh, the there's Groundhog Day, but then there's mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow mm-hmm. and there's Source Code. Source Code. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and, yep. and
1: now there's Palm Springs. Also here, yep. James Thompson. Hello.
0: Hello. Nobody told me that I was supposed to make a speech.
1: That's okay. Someone else will probably jump in. Step in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shelley Brisbane is here. Hi, Shelley.
3: Hi. This is my first incomparable time loop, but I just like to think of this podcast as my Irvine. That's good.
1: That's good. Um, And Sage Young is here. Hi, Sage.
4: Hi, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be here until the people who actually own the house that I have decided to record in mm. come home from not, their vacation. They're
1: not coming back today. That's not all that today. matters.
4: Not today. We're safe.
1: Okay. I am going to admit up front, I watched Palm Springs not knowing it was a time loop movie. I really, <laughs> I, I, had, I had no idea. I had heard people say, Palm Springs is good. You, you should watch it. And I thought, okay, I have Hulu. I can watch Palm Springs. I like Andy Samberg. I enjoy the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and therefore, I have come to appreciate Andy Samberg's uh, approach to comedy. And I knew that the mother from How I Met Your Mother, we shouldn't even mention, oh, I feel so bad. Uh, I love that show so much, and it ended so badly. Anyway, Kristen Milioti <laughs> is in there. V- veteran New York stage actress, Kristen Milioti. Let's not even mention the other thing. And, uh, and I didn't realize that J.K. Simmons was in it until he appears and I was delighted. <laughs> um, uh, and I watched it and 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 I, the first so start here, one of the most clever things about the way uh, you set up a time loop movie is you've got the pre-loop portion in Groundhog Day as a good example where you're meeting all the characters and you're seeing these things that don't seem important. But if you know it's a time loop movie, you're like, I got to pay attention now because all this stuff is going to pay off later, which I didn't pay attention to. Watching the beginning of Palm Springs because I didn't understand it. Um, what's very clever about Palm Springs and the thing that makes it a, an interesting variation on the riff on Groundhog Day is we, we are watching Andy Samberg deep in the time loop in, and don't know it. And I was watching the beginning of it back this morning and laughing at all of the references, like, you know, how's it going? He's like, you know, yesterday, today, tomorrow, it's all the same. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay.
0: The screenwriter apparently said that uh, when he wrote it, he was thinking that he was in the time loop for about 40 years.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so that's
0: something like 15,000 loops. It, so he's that already at the point
1: in Groundhog Day where Bill Murray reaches and is sort of broken and has reached acceptance. And now he's just doing goofy things. I feel like and that's the I, one of the clever things about the choice here is that. So what we see is we don't understand that he's this way because he's been in this time loop forever. And then what happens is that Kristen Milioti's character gets pulled into the time loop and so we see the understanding that this is a time loop and the reaction to it from her perspective. I think it's just such a great way to give as an audience to make it not feel like it's something we've seen before and yet understand because we understand what movies like this are about, we we immediately understand sort of where Andy Sandberg must be emotionally. I don't know if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. I think it I thought it was very clever. <laughs>
2: Nobody told me anything about this movie except that it was good. I didn't even know Andy Samberg was in it until I, like, you know, saw the the screen. And uh, but uh, I watched it specifically because Jason was like, yeah, Erica, you should be on this episode. And I was like, it must be a (laughs) time loop movie. okay. So, so I didn't know for sure. But because so it was kind of an interesting way to go into it, because I didn't actually know for sure. I just sort of suspected. So the little things like that line about today, tomorrow, yesterday, and, and uh, then when he's dancing on the dance floor and (laughs) keeping like trying to catch Sarah's eye the way that he weaves through everyone and does the same dance moves as people like that Uh is you know that's a thing that I have seen in time loop things before so I was like okay I'm pretty sure that my suspicion is correct so it was kind of a fun way to do it to be like is this what I think it is and be watching for those clues and that was how I was able to figure out he must be like deep in the middle of this time loop he's already been doing this for a while so I was I was kind of on board right then knowing that that was a, a bit of a different start than we usually get because usually you get to see that first loop and, and the uh, the thrill of of discovery as they're going through it. Um, so I I got to feel a little bit smart and a little bit smug for figuring it out. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I would have if I hadn't had the clue that uh, that maybe maybe it was a time loop movie. Thanks, Jason.
3: I didn't know it was one either, and that was kind of on purpose because I had heard so many people say. You have to watch it it's so good which either gives me one of two reactions either i go oh all right i will or i respond negatively and go i'm never watching that because you can not tell me what to do mm-hmm. so <laughs> i decided in this case that i would watch it and based on just what i had heard about it and then also the cover art i was like okay it's a rom-com why do people think this rom-com is so mm. good and mm-hmm. andy sandberg is the leading character in a rom-com okay, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. and, well <laughs> wow and then the way it starts if you're not hip to what's going to happen it feels very insubstantial and the even the characters all feel sort of like i'm i'm looking around early in the movie i'm casting about for people that i think i'm actually going to like and enjoy. And I don't find many of them until I figure out what's going to happen in the movie. And then once I figure, once I learn it's a time loop movie, I'm all in.
4: I just want to say that Andy Samberg has been leading a romantic comedy for 8 years on television. Oh, so sure. he okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so that's he, a sitcom.
2: That's a little Yeah, bit
4: but under. it's but it's a but it is a rom-com. Like he is like he was the a part of the main relationship which was like oh will they won't they for a good long while and they've done like the like marriage, baby, like the whole thing. Anyway, they're the main couple of the show and he's been like a delightful surprise in that vein for me um but I knew it was a time loop movie um but I didn't know that it was gonna start with him in the middle of it and I just like the speech moment was so delightful and when he like zeros in on her so that was the mystery part to me where I was like okay what's their deal like why is he why is he focusing in on this bridesmaid like what what happened with them before and it turns out that that is information that none of us really get until like halfway through the movie which is which is kind of an interesting twist as well
0: I knew that it was a time loop movie and I think I went into it, you know, expecting, okay, I know where this is going to go. And then, you know, like 15 minutes in where he gets hunted down and killed by J.K. Simmons, (laughs) I was like, ah, this is not quite the romantic comedy uh, that I thought it was. Um, And I don't really know Andy Samberg. I have not watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I knew... He was on a boat, and yes. that's about it. And uh, I vaguely recognized uh, Kristen Milliotti and I couldn't figure out where from. And then I realized it was because I had removed How I Met Your Mother from my memory. You uh. know, <laughs> I think there's like two kinds of time loop movie. It's the ones that mention Groundhog Day and the ones that don't. And I was kind of waiting to see if this was the one, one of those ones where they go, oh, you mean like Groundhog Day as a, as a short uh, Mm. hand to get everybody back into it. But um, I I think the thing that was interesting for me about this was it kind of feels like the perfect movie for lockdown where all our kind of days are blending into each other. And uh, we have some of the same challenges, I would say, as the characters in this movie. Um, but I I really enjoyed it and I think it was because it managed to surprise me even going into it knowing what it what I thought it was going to be.
1: I like that you could go in not understanding what it is and and like the poster is them sitting in the pool basically except the pool stretches on into infinity which is a very nice like
0: hmm right
1: like you you get it unless you don't no and then you don't necessarily get it and i i just read it as that this is going to be you know uh it's a rom-com and they meet at a wedding and they're they're stuck in palm springs and i mean honestly that is the plot of Groundhog day right is that they're stuck in <laughs> Punxsutawney forever because it's a time loop but here you know they're together but I, I i could have easily have read that as just that they're stuck in palm springs for some other reason and they meet and it's a romantic comedy and i was i was up for that i was ready for that movie. Um but what we get is is something that's got these this totally bizarre fantasy layer to it which is enjoyable because it is it has more plot than Groundhog Day which I think is interesting. Like you can't just do Groundhog Day again, although, I mean, you could, but like we've all seen it. So what do you do? And the answer is they start it differently. You bring a a second person into the loop, which never happens. It turns out there's a third person who's also in the loop, which is a nice twist. And although part of it is about their relationship growing, uh, you know, part of it is also solving kind of the pieces of the puzzle of who is at the wedding and why they're there at, For me, at a level that you don't get in something like Groundhog Day, where it's more just there are a series of jokes about Bill Murray knowing things about people in the town. But other than Andy McDowell, he's not really solving the mystery of a person and why they're in the town. Whereas Palm Springs, I feel like that wedding, we we spend enough time to kind of like figure out and there are revelations, right? There is the twist about where. Christian Milioti's character is waking up every morning that we do not get at the beginning and we figure out, you know, we we learn a little bit more about the the deal with a bunch of the different characters and their background as we go. And I appreciated that because that that, that along with the overarching mystery of sort of like what's the deal with the we haven't even mentioned what's the deal with the glowing red cave out in the desert that causes the time loop to happen and can they escape and why is JK Simmons trying to kill Andy Samberg? All of that is also piled on and that it it um for a, a thing that you could have very easily dashed off as being just another Groundhog Day, all of these things, I think, pile up to make it a much more interesting um, approach to the same kind of concept.
3: But all those revelations are such a great way to not be repetitive, because that's the challenge of a time loop movie, right? It's the same thing over and over. How do you tell the story in such a way that it doesn't get repetitive and boring as well as keeping the plot moving forward. And because they give you so little at the beginning and because frankly, because there's so many characters that have little parts to play, he's got more room to roam as far as keeping the movie going. And all and, and then when you do see the part that's repetitive that indicates this is the beginning of the day and you see that eye and you see the two people where the scene starts, it it becomes more a kind of of the film than it does, and it's it sort of sets you, but it's not a repetition of the story. At some point, he 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 lets you go on to the next part of the loop, and it, it just keeps it fresh through the whole movie. Which is not a very long movie; it's like ninety minutes, which is <laughs> you wouldn't want it any longer than that. I don't think.
4: Yeah, I was going to say that too. Like making this movie ninety minutes is is sort of the smartest thing that they could have done. um But I also what I also really love about the wedding as. Uh, As the scene that they're stuck in is that Andy Samberg's character and he keeps repeating It right like I'm the boyfriend so like He's not really attached to any Of the people there Um, These are not like it's his girlfriend And some people he sort of kind of knows through Her they're not his friends they're not His family at the point where Like asks him like what His job is he's forgotten Literally what he does so he's so Removed from all of that meanwhile she's Stuck with all of these people And all of their expectations that are on her and all of the things that she's messed up before and so that all sort of informs like the fact that she needs to get out of this like now and he has sort of just like it's he he has uh, sort of melded into this world because there are no expectations on him. Nothing is expected of him. Nobody there is really bothering him because he doesn't have like, deep relationships with any of them, including his own girlfriend. Um, and family weddings are so weird and strange, especially when they're uh, a destination wedding. So it's just, it's it's a perfect setting for a time loop movie and in, in differentiating like where those two characters are in terms of being willing to <laughs> let the rest of their life be one day, over and over and over and over again, and ad infinitum.
0: What I liked about it is that she has a lot more agency than Andy McDowell did in Groundhog Day. So mm-hmm. she's kind of like a peer, and in fact, possibly more than that. Because... She's doing
3: quantum physics research for God's sake! Yes, yeah, man exactly. In a diner. I mean, Right, um, <laughs> as you do.
0: I mean, I, I do like a quantum physics training montage,
2: <laughs>
0: and and it's also it's not really about as I mean they kind of discuss it. It's not about like having a, a moral breakthrough or solving all the problems of all the other people there. Right. So I think that makes it quite fresh as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I would have watched it and enjoyed it just fine if it had turned out to just be a rom com at a wedding. It would have been eh, but it you know. Fine, but then as it started to build out like these these layers upon layers of the the time loop thing, that's that's what made me love this movie. And the fact that like there are things in time loop movies that like I I need the I need them to hit certain beats in order for it to really sit right with me. Uh, with this kind of a time loop movie, something like Source Code is a, is a little different because that's not quite the same thing. But with this, like the idea of exploring the possibilities of what you could do in a time loop like that, like here they're not trapped in Punxsutawney. They can actually leave. So the idea that like she gets out and she drives all the way to Austin and stays awake the whole time or that he made it as far as like, what was it, Equatorial Guinea or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: one of my favorite things about it because what I like about time loop movies is even while it's going on, imagining, okay, what are the tools that people have? What are the limits? What are the rules of the universe? And one of the rules that is not really in play is, you have to stay in this town. And I think it helped, they said it in Palm Springs, which is like this sort of spread out desert town anyway, but then they let them get out, and they've got cars, and they've got money, and they've got computers, so they can go all sorts of places. And I I love thinking about that, Even even if I might have wanted them to go somewhere different than they did, the way they chose to take that literal. And I I like to imagine Andy Sandberg thinking, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this thing I didn't do before. Of course, by the time we meet him, he's way beyond that. He he is not at the point of saying, what adventure (laughs) can I have today? He's like, how can I kill myself without it hurting too much?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I like is, is not only have we joined this in the middle of the time loop, which is a cool twist that I hadn't really seen before much, but he's so deep in it that he's already done all that stuff. So we have yeah. like, it's we get to have our, our wedding cake and eat it too, because we have <laughs> the one character who's already done everything. So all of that stuff has kind of been taken care of. But then we get Sarah, who is brought into it for the first time. So you get to see her doing a little bit of the, the beginning stages of trying to figure out out like, you know, what are the limits of this reality? What can I do? And she has she has him sort of as a mentor, which is which is kind of nice. So he mm-hmm. can kind of like shortcut a little bit of that. So she doesn't necessarily feel like she has to go all the way down to the, the equator or whatever. Um, so we have we get both sides of it, which I think is just a, a really nice balance. And then yes, I totally agree that the fact that she's doing quantum physics research in a diner is a delightful, delightful twist on it. And the fact that she figures it out. So like, good on her. Let
1: me take a break and tell you about our sponsor for this episode. It's Mint Mobile, the folks who can cut your wireless bill to $15 a month with their futuristic approach to wireless. I've been trying this out. I have a second iPhone that I'm testing iOS 14 on, actually, and I put the SIM card in. It's got a very clever little SIM card. It'll work with any phone of any different SIM slot size. You, you sort of snap out the SIM card for the size of uh, your phone's SIM tray, pop it in, I had to uh, go on an app or you could go to a website. Super easy to activate. Put in the little numbers on the back of the card. Boop, you got cell service. If you are still using one of the big wireless providers, ask yourself, what are you paying for? They've got expensive retail stores, inflated prices, hidden fees, plenty of opportunity to take advantage of customers just like you. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to at a fraction of the cost because they just do everything online no rent for retail locations no overhead they pass those savings to you making it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text and you can stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use choose between plans with three eight or 12 gigabytes of 4g lte data use your own phone with any mint mobile plan keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. Get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free by going to mintmobile.com slash Snell. My last name, that's mintmobile.com slash Snell. Go there now, cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Snell. Thank you to Mint Mobile for supporting the incomparable your elevator pitch of this movie could be imagine that Bill Murray at the end of a groundhog day gets Andy McDowell in the time loop with him Mm Mm-hmm. And there's going to be this like, oh, this is so great. We can be here forever. But and then, but her response is, this is insane. We have to get out because uh-huh. she hasn't seen the whole movie. And she, she says, you spend all this time here learning how to play the piano? I'm going to learn quantum physics so I can get us out of the time loop. That's not what happens at Groundhog Day, but that is what happens in Palm Springs. And I, I like that it is the, the truth is it's not just clever that we already meet Andy Samberg as a broken man who's been in the time loop for an infinite amount of time. It's that when, uh, when Kristen Milioti arrives, Sarah, she gives him something different. Right. And there's a delight and they are like pals and he is like a mentor, but also, you know, he, he's desperate for novelty. And currently the only novelty he gets is every so often JK Simmons appears to try and kill him, but otherwise uh, there's been nothing. And so, uh, if if I have a, a thing that after watching this that I pondered for a while, though, one of the, one of the questions I have is um, whether his I mean, we get the implication that they are together for a very long time as well. And, and they figure she has to learn quantum physics and all these things. But initially, like he's she's just a shiny, you know, shiny new toy for him. Like he's just very excited to have someone to share it with, even though she's really angry at him. Um and, and I think that's I think that's a little bit weird, but the movie kind of like goes past it because they're they're together so long that mm-hmm. that they don't have to it, it, you know it, it isn't like he's kind of exploiting her uh and doesn't really have feelings for her but she's novel like by the time that they they've played it out i feel like they've looped together for so long that all of the kind of novelty has worn off right they've they're both exhausted at, at, later on
0: I, I mean he does kind of uh exploit her in the beginning he does because he he does yeah. the whole speech because he knows it's the perfect speech to get her into bed, effectively,
1: and he tells her that they've that they've uh, never done that before, and that was a moment where I thought, "Come on, uh, like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no way." And then it is revealed later that that's absolutely a lie. But in the moment, I, I just thought to myself, "There's, there's no way. Like, there, there's, I've seen Groundhog Day. I, I, i heard that speech. There's no way that this is the first time he's done literally anything in this time loop."
4: What I, I would also sort of set it apart from other movies like this for me, especially as a rom com, was like the moment that he tells her that he loves her, and she's like, "Are you serious?" I, like, surprise, surprise! I'm the only other person uh. in the universe <laughs> who understands what you're going through. You love me, like, great, like she, like, and you never get that. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. never get that when it's like two people at the end of the world. Like, well, what what are your other choices? (laughs) And it's so great that she calls him on that. Um, And there's like a nihilistic uh, strain through this movie that I think is also very modern and uh, relatable, even though it does have like a gooey center and a happy ending. We
1: get it right at the beginning, right, where she says, you don't believe any of that. He says, nope. No, uh, yeah. the universe is meaningless.
3: <laughs>
1: it's right there at the beginning because, again, he is kind of a broken man. And that is, that is. even though this is not the, you know, I, I don't know if somebody's going to write a thesis at some point about how this relates to Buddhism like everybody did with, uh, with Gr- Groundhog Day. But it, the fact is, repeating something over and over again and having to kind of perfect yourself, it still happens. This movie it still goes there, but in different ways. But that you know that that's that's the truth of it is that is that they're trapped together and I love that moment where she pushes back and she's like you know well of course you say that we've been doing this forever, but like I'm literally the only other person in the in the yeah. universe.
4: Like who else are you gonna say that to? Yeah. Like this is it.
0: But I mean his initial advice to her is like learn how to suffer existence because he's just Great. so yeah. broken.
1: Mm. Yeah. And you and we get some similar I mean some similar scenes that I found delightful where they're riffing on the same kind of ideas as Groundhog Day. So we get the kind of the pleasure part of it, which is they, you know, they're they're in pool floaties and they're drinking and they find this nice house that they can hang out at because the family is gone. And as long as it resets, it doesn't matter. So they just hang out at, the, at that house.
2: And they learn to do a dance together and the then dance. go and do it at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so weird. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. And then there's also the the uh, frustrated portion of the, of the story, just as there is in Groundhog Day, which is where they just kind of increasingly die because mm-hmm. that becomes one part of the story is like, well, you can't die. So you die. Um, and then you just wake up again. And so, you know, she steps in front of a truck at one point um, in, a, in a kind of shocking moment. But the, the twist is you can feel pain and that keeps coming back, which is, you know, you want to die instantly because if you are if you're uh, feeling pain, you feel the pain until you die or go to sleep and then reset. Mm-hmm.
2: And he's very, like, Andy Samberg's character is very adamant about that and at first. And I'm just kind of like, wow, like, he's really intense about that. And then we learn why, because J.K. Simmons has spent several lifetimes, perhaps, like, torturing him in really awful and Uh dark and creepy ways. And I think the only reason that that kind of works is because the rest of this movie is so kind of ridiculous and silly in the way that it's portrayed, that those moments are very much sort of played for laughs and you get very, like, Short clips of them. Uh, I'm glad it right. doesn't like linger on that too long because that it, it, it still left me feeling a little bit more disturbed than I would like for a movie of this this lightness. But I do then on um, on the flip side of that appreciate the fact that. It's Sarah's action to just ram him with a car that sets J.K. Simmons up in the ICU for possibly weeks, and they won't let him fall asleep because they're afraid he's going to go into a coma. So he has to actually experience all of this awfulness that he has laid upon Andy Samberg's character previously, and that completely changes his life. So we have multiple Mm -hmm. different characters that are all learning different lessons throughout this movie, which is a really interesting thing, rather than just focusing on the one person who's looping and having them be the one that develops. Develops. We have three separate people who are also getting character development in wildly different directions. It's fun.
1: Yeah, there's a this too shall pass aspect, I think, of it, where it's sort of like it's painful in the moment and you hate it, but like everything else, it ends because Mm -hmm. that's sort of part of Andy Samberg's philosophy here. Um you mentioned JK Simmons. I want to talk about JK Simmons. I love I love him. He was the star of one of my favorite TV shows of the last few years, which is Counterpart. I think he gets a lot of bad guy roles, but I find him most fascinating as somebody who can embody kind of good and bad and switch between them, which, you know, Counterpart was made for him. But this is a good example of that too, where he is this terrifying villain who also kind of explains why he feels that way and how it's really kind of Andy Samberg's fault. And, (laughs) uh, and... So I, I love I love everything he's in, and I love his performance here, and I think it's great. But the brilliant thing about it is that he starts the day in Irvine and drives out to Palm Springs every day. So he doesn't come every day; he can choose not to come to to Palm Springs, and uh he can't come right away he he has to drive out there so so even if he when he gets there it's gonna be the afternoon or the evening and I really love that as a mechanic, right because that allows Andy Sandberg to be genuinely surprised when j k Simmons shows up um which is uh you know I, I i love that about it that he's he's an arch enemy sort of and there's a backstory there but uh he's not he's not He's not there every day like he's like yeah. one of the only things that's not there every day
2: that actually that did surprise me because still on that very first time through when I was thinking, okay, this is definitely a repeating iterative movie, but then Andy Sandberg's character is surprised at the moment like I was like, why would he take her there to try to have sex with this cute lady um at that spot if he knows that somebody's gonna come up and like war paint and with a bow and arrow and be shooting at him like that's a thing he should know right am i wrong is this not a repeating movie what is going on and yeah that's exactly that's exactly why that works so i had i had a delightful moment of like wait okay wait a minute maybe i was wrong but then i wasn't wrong
3: and then later on when we learn more about jk simmons life in irvine i'm fascinated by the idea that he gets up in the morning and he kind of knows what his day is going to be if he stays there right but he also has the choice I think I'll get in my car and torment Niles today or not. <laughs> and I don't yep. maybe I'll leave at 10, maybe I'll leave at noon. How long does it take to drive to Palm Springs? Maybe a couple hours if the traffic's light. I guess I'll go in today
0: or so not. <laughs> my my question on him is is he a cop or did he just like obtain a cop car um and uniform <laughs> and everything? Um, oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Way? I think he I think he just obtained it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he knows knows everything. He's probably got the lay of the land and knows what he can do and can try different things. He knows
3: where he can find one. Maybe there's a cop car where the the cop went into... uh to uh, the, uh, I was going to say the donut shop, but let's not be too stereotypical. He went in to get some <laughs> coffee yeah. and he left his keys in the car. And, JK A- and, his, uniform. and his uniform. And his uniform is very yeah. uniform. Oh yeah, I forgot he about pre- that. He might have had an extra one in the back. <laughs>
1: I think he's got it wired. I think he knows, he, he also knows where all the stuff is at Palm Springs. Maybe not as much as Andy Samberg, but if Andy Samberg has been there for 50 years or whatever, then J.K. Simmons maybe has gone to Palm Springs, you know, 10 or 15 years. Like he, enough time to do all that research anyway about the the you know afternoon and evening in Palm Springs on that particular day the Irvine thing is amazing because yes it breaks us out of the bubble they go to see him in Irvine and he's shocked because that's something that seems to have never happened before or he mm-hmm. it, and, and and he has that conversation with him and I, I love and he talks about his kids and how it's a perfect day because he, he he's with his kids and they're never going to grow up. But at the same time, he's also never going to see them grow up. And he's living his own little suburban uh, torment, uh, except when he goes. And and it, it's such a great moment because he is this monster who keeps trying to kill them or hurt them and not kill them. Um, and then you you see him. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, well, it's Niles' fault, kind of. And he's they're all in this torment together. And uh, you know, it's I, I don't necessarily forgive him for being an, an awful person who wants to hurt Niles, and yet on another level, he's he's yet another tormented soul trapped in this machine.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, he it's not like he started out as a good person, and looping made him bad. Like he was the one that wanted to do a bunch of drugs. Oh yeah, and like so, like he he did bring it on himself in in quite a. A strong way. So like I, I don't ever really feel bad for him as as a character. Like I feel any more than I feel bad for anybody for having to deal with the same day over and over again for thousands of years, because yeah, that would be terrible. But I also do like the fact that we get a little bit of closure for his character in the end as well, because Sarah leaves him a note.
1: He has the opportunity to improve, right? He has the opportunity mm-hmm. to improve himself. And I, I do get the sense that he's thought a lot about his life and his choices in mm-hmm. the time loop.
2: Yeah, he's probably the one that actually improves. Like he has the Bill Murray sort of uh, life experience in this, whereas the other characters, you know, they they learn something. Uh, you know, in Sarah's case, it's mostly quantum physics is what she learns. <laughs> um, but he's like J.K. Simmons's character is the one that learns to be a good person. So if he he does manage to, uh, to take her advice and get out of it. I feel like he's the one whose life is going to make the biggest shift, probably for the people around him. He's going to probably be a much better dad and a much better husband than he was previously. Uh-huh. And I think that's kind of cool. Like that's, That is a part of the happy ending that we don't get in a lot of iterative movies and books. And I appreciate that we have that here.
3: Well, and I like that Sarah's gone to the trouble to give him the information about how they're going to get out of the time loop too. They didn't just forget him and leave him as a loose end. Mm-hmm. She tried to to let him know so that he could also, and she, does, she hasn't had that experience that Andy Sandberg has had of going True. to see him in Irvine, uh, but she still right. thought enough to say, hey, just let you know, this is how we're going to get out of it if we can. I want to know what other people think about like, uh, because the other
4: sort of, emotional journey you go on is with Sarah like realizing what she's done to her sister right and Mm. that this is like a pattern that she's in and in one iteration where she's like oh we have to be selfless she obviously tells her what happened and tries to get her out of marrying this guy and in the like better ending and the happier ending she doesn't tell her she just says like don't screw this up to to the to the husband because at that point like they're already married and so I just found it interesting that like the better thing to do in that situation according to this movie was like Mm -hmm. just pretend it didn't happen and like see if he can if if he can fix it and because like blowing up her life is like not really worth it and it's not like doing her a favor um so I was curious what other people thought about that
2: I liked it, but I also like just the idea of there was a that was part of the heaviness of the movie. Like those Mm -hmm, moments uh of the heaviness is once you learn where she is, and then shortly after that, like so, you learn where she is and you learn what she's been doing, and it's like shortly after that where I can't even remember exactly the scene is, but you realize it just how much it has been weighing on her, and like you know when she says I I can't keep waking up there, it was just like that. That was one of the most heartbreaking scenes of the whole movie. It's just like, oh right, yeah.
0: Wasn't that the loop where where um, she and Niles first sleep together, and he wakes up all happy in the morning, and she yeah. wakes up, and then he walks oh, out because yeah. she has this Ugh. this
1: terrible thing that she did that she, she blames herself mm-hmm. and and did you know betrayed her sister and all of that, and she has to live it every day, every single day she has to live at it. the beginning of the day feel, she doesn't yeah. even
3: get a chance to wake up before that's hitting her in the you face you feel
1: the weight of that in that scene which i think is really great I, I i i don't know the two things i took away from that sage were the unintended consequences kind of thing which is just like you can't tell you can say well the right thing to do is this and then you try it and it turns out not to be the right thing to do and we, we don't get a second chance but she gets a chance so i thought it was just kind of interesting like th- maybe this is the best way to to deal with this. But I will also say she only ever gets to see one day, right? So she's trying to find, like, the best place to get them at the end of the day. It doesn't mean that it's actually the best place to leave them at the end of their lives, right? It's Mm -hmm. just literally it seems like it's going into gr- good direction at the end of this day. And those are the two things I took away. Cause I'm not sure I entirely uh, buy the idea that the best thing to do is to let them get married and then put the guy on notice and, and then right? walk out. <laughs> but, but I could, I, I did kind of like the idea that she tried it the way that you should do it. And it blew up in her face and was awful. And so she thought, okay, let's try something else what might work here and but but again her window is only the day right so uh, is it really the right answer
2: at least they do give us that moment to show that that he abe feels bad about it too like he starts crying in the shower and being like oh my god i'm a horrible person i'm turning like i'm my dad so you know at least the movie gives you a crumb to make you think that maybe like because you know we have uh, we we know that sarah feels bad about it and we are on sarah's side like or at least the movie wants us to be on sarah's side recognizing that it was a bad thing and abe recognizes it was a bad thing too so you know maybe this really is the best outcome and both of them will Go on to be better people because of it. He didn't have to live the day 15 thousand times but uh but he did you know because she repeated that day enough times she actually confronted him whereas it seemed like probably you know that first day and thereafter for quite a while she just woke up and escaped from the room as fast as she could exactly whereas at this point she's just like like no this was bad we are terrible and he has that like that that moment and i don't know if she does that on the very last day i can't remember um but I'd like to think that she does, just to, to really hammer it home for him.
0: I, I also liked uh, seeing Superman play against type somewhat. Yes, uh, Superman, how could you?
2: He's that,
0: great. Because he's, he's Superman <laughs> on the CW. Oh,
2: that's why he looked familiar. Tyler Hawkman,
1: yeah, that's that's where he is. I was like, oh, yeah, he's Superman from Supergirl, and I think getting his own show. So yeah.
4: CW, it's a CW power couple because we also have Veronica Lodge is the yes. sister from yep. Riverdale. Yep. Riverdale. Which she, I thought, was very funny in that the scene where she, where her teeth fall out, yes. <laughs> and he's just like he puts in new teeth, and she's like, "Thank you, Daddy." Like that whole scene was so good.
1: Talking about stuff in the wedding, right, and the wedding party. Um, obviously, Sarah's uh, Sarah's guilt and frustration, and like how she's going to deal with it. I do believe, by the way, that she knows she's going to detonate her bomb and end the loop one way or another um mm-hmm. on that day and so she is probably trying to set everything exactly the way she wants it that time yeah. through mm-hmm. so in case this is the one that sticks that that she'll be able to do that so i do believe that i like um i like a, a bunch of our little visits we take to different characters at the wedding um the one that amused me is that you know Andy Sandberg is not part of this family he is the boyfriend of the other sister the third sister and um we very early on uh in, in uh in Sarah's first loop, he reveals that she's having sex with this other guy at the wedding and she's like, Why don't you stop them? And he's like, You know, they always end up together. There
2: is no universe where they, <laughs> exactly, don't, end where
1: they don't end up together, and it, it's stuff like that I find fascinating. Like he has he has plumbed the depths of all these people, uh, and but you know the reason he's there and he wakes up every every day in the room with this girl that he knows. It, you know it's basically there's no relationship there. Um, and he's kind of come to grips with it, so that's his version of a, a a much different version, but his version of the of what Sarah has to deal with. But he's he's kind of let it go because he 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 you know he's not the he he doesn't feel guilt about it. He's just been able, able to be over it. But like I'm fascinated by all those little bits and the you know do we do they dance and do they sing and and who's the bartender and what are the drinks and like there's you get those little moments with a lot of those characters where they don't have a lot to do, but you get I, I like that like in Groundhog Day you get these little moments with these characters where Andy Sandberg knows more way more about them than than he should and interacts like the bartender and stuff like that the, and all the people at the bar fall in this category
2: too I randomly watched an episode of the OC not too long ago so seeing Peter Gallagher as like a dad ah. in a family like it just felt so right, right? it made me yeah. really really happy
0: so I, I had a list of questions which I'd written down as I watched it a second time oh boy yeah, Here yeah.
1: We go. i I've, I've got one that's really that's really hanging that I've been saving
2: oh f- i don't I don't know if I want to hear til it till
1: the end but um <laughs> but yeah we can we can we can talk about it. what are your questions, James all right we're answering so question questions with James segment now
0: uh did the goat really vanish? Oh the goat because if the goat vanished, then her you know because they stayed or like versions of them right. stayed uh that were not part of the loop. So that like uh, J.K. Simmons could talk to, to, to Niles. So if the goat vanished, where did it go?
2: It did not vanish because I think it's very clear at the end when they're walking in and he says to her, did the goat really vanish? And she's like, it's too late. You're committed now. I think she just said that to, to get him uh, on board. Because I think you're right. It's it. It clearly shows they managed to get out of the loop. We know that for sure. And J.K. Simmons comes up and talks to a version of Niles who doesn't know him. Therefore, the goat wouldn't have disappeared. The goat would have still been there. And I think that uh, probably Sarah was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing it anyway. I think I'm probably right. And we're gonna we're gonna do it. And she just that's the only way to get him in on board. Yeah, there's th- your this answer. This was my
0: suspicion. Suspicion as well. Okay, question two. Where did they get the C four? <laughs>
1: probably the same place J.K. Simmons got the police car and the mm-hmm. and the and the and the, and the uniform, uniform because the militarization of our police forces probably they get <laughs> wow. C four. I don't yep. know.
4: It's got dark. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, because they had the C4 for the cake scene where they did the yeah. um, super villain <laughs> thing, which I really enjoyed. Maybe there's,
1: a, I mean, maybe there's a construction site or there's, a, they're blasting out of the rocks somewhere. Like, you presumably over time, you would know, like, you, you know, I was imagining like some of these days he would just get in a car and drive around Palm Springs and, walk into people's houses or walk onto construction sites and just find Mm -hmm. out what the lay of the land is because he's got all the time in the world. Yeah, they
3: have loads of time to plan anything they want to. So, you know, finding some explosives somewhere. Yep.
2: It may take her a whole year to find exactly the right explosives, but she's got got that
0: time. time. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Is Nana also a looper?
4: I had that question too. Yeah. Also, shout out to June Squibb. I just always love seeing
0: her. She has like any of the interactions with her it's Mm -hmm. almost as if she knows more than she's saying because she says something like you know that's That's the best wedding speech I've ever heard, and I've heard a lot of them, or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, she's no. Her line,
2: her line is, "I've been to more weddings than you can imagine." I think is what she says, and mm. that's the very first, the very first loop through. And his answer, the first, you know, when when you see it, I'm looking at his answer, being like, "Oh, you have no idea." But now that you mention that, yeah, maybe her line is actually even more Mm.
0: impressive. But I think her line at the the end, when she's, uh, yeah. I can't remember what she says, but there's another thing where I was like, hmm, this seems suspicious. And then I'm like, is she behind it all?
2: (laughs) She said, I think it's time for you to go. Good luck or something about her leaving. And that's that's when I was like, whoa, which makes me a little bit sad that. Well, maybe not so sad. Okay, so for a moment, I'm sad because I'm thinking, well, she's still stuck there because Sarah didn't give her the, the message about how to get out of it. But at the same time, if Nana knows that it's possible to go and possible to leave, which it seems like she recognizes, maybe she knows there's a way out and she mm. just doesn't take it. Because she's a lot closer
3: to death than the other characters are, right? Exactly. Uh, I was going old lady. What if
1: Nana dies of a heart attack at the end of the night? Uh, alone in her room and she knows oh. she'll die if she exits the loop so she never does. Have you thought about <laughs> oh. that? I,
0: I think she is actually <laughs> the scientist that set up this bubble, this loop that we're in for exactly mm. that reason. She invented the cave.
3: I love yeah. that it can be any of those things and yes. we don't know we don't and know. if you ask the writers they'd be like, those are great yeah. theories. I love that. <laughs> <I meant."
0: laughs> my, my last question in this segment, I have just written down dinosaurs, question mark, exclamation mark.
1: Ah, <laughs> So yeah, there are giant, like, concrete dinosaurs in Palm Springs, um, uh, which they shot for this. But also there's like the, hey, can you believe there's, uh, there's dinosaurs out there? But there actually are giant concrete dinosaurs.
4: Yeah, I mean, they were, Palm Springs. they're on but mushrooms were, also. Tr- yes, we were they tripping. And balls. they're tripping, yes. yes. But,
0: <laughs> but there's the scene at the very end where you see the dinosaurs again, and they are also moving.
2: Yeah, I think that was just for us.
0: They're behind it
2: oh there we go yeah that cave actually goes back to like a prehistoric Uh area if you get through it the right way
0: the dinosaurs like they were wiped out but they needed to come back and their only way of doing it was (laughs) to get into this cave
1: yep all right james you did not ask the question that i wanted to ask and i'm gonna ask it now and it's gonna ruin everything for everyone i'm scared so the so they they break out of the time loop and they wake up in the next day, and the families come back to their pool and who the hell are you people and It's a great moment of triumph amid the the embarrassment. It's so great, I love that moment, but um and so they're free, and uh, we should talk about that too, like how it ends and where they're gonna go next because I think I think niles um uh, Melee, let's talk about this now, and then I'll, I'll bring up my terrible theory later. I don't um, know. Niles Niles doesn't want to leave the bubble, or he says, for a long time. And I think it's a really interesting point, which is he he's been there a long time. He has control of the world, the world outside the time loop. He doesn't know what's going to happen next, which means he has to go back to reality. He ha- he has not been in connected to reality in a very long time. I think that's really interesting that that he kind of after all this time, he kind of doesn't want to leave. And, and you could argue that the reason he leaves is because he wants to leave with her. Um, more than it is that he wants to get out of the bubble. Like, he's just kind of accepted it. I, I think that's fascinating. And then, of course, the twist at the end is thats is that they're out and things are different and he has to, like, what, feed his cat? Is that what he has no, to do? No, it's his dog, his, Fred. His, his, his dog. He I mean, feed his dog. That's it. Right? Which is, not like, we what? Like, because he literally has is never come, his outside life <laughs> has never come up about well, what it, happens. It, Sarah's right.
3: startled that it, he has a
2: dog. Yeah. And she didn't, yeah. Yeah, he didn't tell her and he his his outside life did come up once when she's asking him about it and she asks like what do you do like when you're not time looping what is your job and he i believe genuinely doesn't remember yeah. it because like i think back to like you know i i have been on this earth for just over 40 years and when i think back to like my first couple of jobs like it's fuzzy as to like which one was first when did i work there how long was that so if i had actually been doing this for f- 40 some years and like this, but the same day over and over again and everything's running together, I probably would have forgotten what my job is. So there's, there's this aspect of coming out of it is extra scary because like, I'm not going to know my locker combination at the gym anymore. Like that's totally gone. I'm not going to know anybody's phone numbers. Like Mm -hmm. I like that. He remembers the name of his dog, but he doesn't remember what his job is. I feel like that's a guy who has some pretty smart priorities.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I think that's fascinating too. That he that he he's given in, right? He he's given into the time loop and like being there for infinity. And then I mean, honestly, it is giving up immortality. I think that I, I like that. There's a tip of the cap to that. The idea that. That he has, he is a god, like Bill Murray says. Like, you know, you you know everybody. He's, no, he's
4: the Antichrist. Yeah, well, okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, was which was such
4: a great flip on that line. <laughs> I loved it.
1: He knows everything and everybody, and is immortal and can be there for eternity. And so you kind of, ha- he has to talk himself in. He has to think about it to like go with her because she's going to go because she's she's still tethered to reality in a way that he's not. Um and I think that's delightful too because those are the counter arguments right which is you leave the bubble you're just back to mortality here you 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 can go on eternally what's it worth to you and you know and he makes he makes that decision. All right, shall I ruin it?
0: Yeah, uh, go for go it. Go ahead.
1: Okay, in the in the mid credit sequence we discover that Sarah very kindly has given uh, JK Simmons the information about what she's going to do. So that he can free himself from the loop, because she's not going to leave him trapped in the loop for eternity. Uh, she has she has figured this out, and she's going to save share that information with him. So she lets him know in Irvine what this is what what's going to be. And he shows up at the wedding, and Niles doesn't recognize him. And you know the implication there is aha, now he can get out of the loop too. Here's my question, which is, doesn't this imply that everything that happened in this movie never happened? Because they've all been reset and that when Roy detonates his explosives in the cave, he will wake up the next day and and it will be the next day of the wedding from that loop where they are not looping. And the wedding will be essentially unchanged and nothing that has happened in this movie and none of the progression of the characters will ever have happened.
0: Okay, I question this because we get the scene where they're in the pool the next day. So in some universe, mm-hmm. they have gone on to have another day where they have their memories. Ah, from so, so
1: is Roy severed from them permanently now in a well, different that universe? That was going to be
0: my question. Because he didn't leave at the same time, is he going to basically end up in another you know, universe or something. I think where almost they certainly. don't have the memory.
4: It comes up when they're talking earlier when he's like, oh, yeah, like I haven't thought about the multiverse. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they answer that ahead of time for you. So I think that it, in the end, it sort of splinters off into a bunch of different like which version of the wedding is is reality. It's going to be different. For Roy than it is for the two of them and there might be a version there might be a version of there might be a version of the wedding that exists where Sarah and Niles don't know each other and maybe there's a version where they are where they retain all their memories and they go on to hang out in that house the next day
1: that also means that whatever the loop is before she blows up the goat that universe continues but there's
2: right, a for a super the goat. <laughs> interesting
0: goat. <laughs> that,
2: that, I, want the, I want the sequel with just, just the rest of that universe from that goat's perspective.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, so if Roy, like, uh, goes back to his murdering ways, kills the entire wedding party, then exits through the cave and blows himself up, you know, is that for him? Like that will be the universe. He, yeah, he mm-hmm. would have to deal with that.
1: But I, I assume again that he wouldn't do that because, like Sarah, he would know that this one, this one counts, and he would probably like get there. Maybe even attend the wedding, um, and then off to the off to the cave to blow himself mm-hmm. up and get himself out of the the time loop.
3: Maybe because yeah. they've already shown us that they move. They in the loop move forward. They retain the memories of what they did previously in the loop and what happened to them. So all of the stuff where roy changes his ways has happened before he makes the decision about going to the cave and going back
1: okay i have another question which is what happens after they blow up the the c4 in the cave are they do they wake up the next morning or later that night covered in dirt out by the cave or what because because You wouldn't deposit them. How would they be deposited back where they were, but on the next day? That doesn't make sense.
3: I wondered about that. I also Mm -hmm. wondered if they relived the day they have been looping one last time. Mm. Yeah, that was my theory, that that they Mm -hmm. would
0: wake up and then once they got to the end of that day, it wouldn't reset. It wouldn't reset. Yeah.
3: And I feel like
2: there is and okay, this is my headcanon, but my headcanon is that because Sarah did so much research on quantum physics, she knew that she expected that that was the way that it would happen. And she told him off screen because it kind of like that would be a weird uh. conversation and a weird <sighs> thing to have to put in the movie. But that she told him this is what if, if this works, we live this day one more time and it goes straight through and we wake up the next and day. We need to make and, it the perfect day.
3: I was going to say, and exactly. how did they choose to spend that last day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's
2: not something we necessarily need for this movie and the story it was trying to tell. I also have in my head, canon that she was smart enough to think about all the possibilities with uh, J.K. Simmons' character and stuff so that when she gave him the instructions, she was probably recognizing that she would never actually see him again from the perspective of them knowing him because she knows that they're not exiting the timeline at the same time because she is now a quantum physics genius.
3: So, so she has potential job opportunities, I guess. I don't know. She could go and work Yeah, I was thinking the, like,
0: like the sequel is just her um, university life with, with her publishing a lot. Of she's going her thesis papers. is going to be
1: about multiverses and time loops yes. and she's going yeah. it's going she's going to blow everybody away with her knowledge of that. Just as I assume Bill Murray's character becomes a uh, lounge pianist
0: <laughs> after <laughs> he gets back to Pittsburgh. Yep, but Niles can't remember anything about his job or what he did, so uh, he's just going to live off her. No, oh, he's in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> he's in exactly. real trouble.
2: So he better he better stick with Sarah because she's he's got to ride her coattails basically to whatever yeah. else happens.
1: Yeah, I, now I really want that scene where they go back to look for Nana and she's not there.
3: <gasps> oh, that'd be great. yeah, do you just <gasps> see her empty chair. <laughs> or she just
1: nods knowingly and you're like what does it mean? It's I just I didn't expect this movie to have as many questions as as I had watching Primer. But here we are. <laughs> there are lots of there are lots of time travel and time loop questions that that I have. Um what have we what have we not talked about that people want to mention that the about this about this movie because you know it's a 90 minute movie. we've been going for almost an hour. It's like good for us but uh, mm-hmm. but there are there are other delightful things in it. Any anybody have anything they want to they want to get out that we haven't talked about yet?
4: I kind of dig the I, I i dig the last conversation they have before they like walk into the cave and when well when she gives him one sentence and he keeps adding like ampersand yeah. s- the most three dots the whole movie. <laughs> yeah and she's yeah. like ellipses say ellipses but uh but the whole like we're already sick of each other it's the best was such a great like rom com ending for this movie where it's like isn't that isn't
3: that what being in a relationship is (laughs) truly and they've already mastered it and and clearly not only is she an expert in quantum physics but she can school him on grammar so she's Mm. yes she mm -hmm. just she just rocks
0: i I liked with that scene also we got the kate bush cloud busting under i like the sort of atz references in the music Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the
3: music was kind of interesting it was not overpowering by any means but it felt right for the movie I guess that's about all I would have to say about it but Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) yeah the song that played over the ending credits I was a little bit mystified by because I didn't really know the song. And I like listening to the lyrics. I was not sure how it completely fit in. I was interested, like it sounded like a very old timey song. I didn't Shazam it to try to figure out what it was. And it's like the lyrics are something, you know, I'm going to tell you something about chickens that that you want to know. And I was like, is this really a song about actual chickens? Or is he talking about ladies? And then through the rest of the <laughs> lyrics, it's like, no, it's a song about girls. And I was like, okay, we call women chicks now sometimes but is that really short for chickens oh my god that's <laughs> just so like that was the last the very final mind-blowing moment of this movie was me discovering that linguistically the word chicks really does come from chickens which makes sense you know you call women birds in in england sometimes so it just like it keeps throwing weird stuff at me and making my brain go, "Huh?" Even at the end, but I still don't understand why they picked that song. I'm I'm mystified.
1: I wanted to just say uh, some praise for Andy Samberg because, as, as I said, sort of at the start, I like when when Brooklyn Nine Nine came out. I was like, "Really, the guy from those videos from Saturday Night Live, who's kind of annoying, is going to be in a, a a sitcom from the people who do Parks and Rec?" It's like, really, and you know it. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I love Andy Samberg in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I, I've come to realize sort of like all the lovable things about that, about that guy that I think, I think don't always come across in some of his projects where, where um, he, he's a little less lovable um, and a little more kind of snide and cynical. But I think that's the beauty I'd say like Bill Murray, actually. I think maybe that's mm-hmm. the beauty of Andy Samberg is that he can be unlikable And then have you realized that you actually really like him And, and like it's a fine line to walk where he can be kind of unpleasant and yet also then pivot and be likable. And in this movie, like if you told me, yeah, it's a it's a romantic comedy for 90 minutes and the romantic lead is Andy Samberg. A few years ago, I'd have been like, What? Are you kidding? Why? And like it might as well be Adam Sandler, and it's like no Andy Sandler. But Adam
4: Sandler has done like thousands yes, of romantic I, I, comedies. Yeah, I know, but I don't He's want to that.
1: see any of them. But this Andy Sandberg is great.
4: <laughs> so wait, so wait, so wait. Something we all also haven't brought up is that this is a Lonely Island production. It is it, it is yes. Andy Sandberg and those two other guys who you find Indeed. annoying, who are actually like brilliant oh, they are comedians. brilliant. No, no, I've
1: come around on it, but and they, they are brilliant, right?
4: So they they produced this movie. They're also like, if you listen to like all of their stuff that they've ever done, like their just level of satire and parody is like totally unmatched all three of them are married to like really cool creative women andy's wife is a harpist <laughs> like these are like these are not like bro guys like they're
1: like deeply creative dudes my initial perspective on it was basically you know some of those saturday night live videos and i was like oh, who are these guys but i have spent some time especially with me with andy sandberg and i i now i get it I uh, like I get it, and I see the range that I didn't. I, I don't think I saw in some of those early SNL shorts. Um, I will also say the funniest Vanity Film logo name ever, because this is a Lonely Island production, but it's put out by their film label, Lonely Island Classics. That made me laugh that. a lot. Yeah.
3: So. <laughs>
2: I will say that, like as somebody, I'm I'm not an Andy Samberg fan. I watched enough of Brooklyn Nine Nine to discover it was very much not for me. Um, so I, I, but I want to say to anybody who is still listening to the podcast and hasn't watched this movie, and I know you're out there because people do that. we do that. Uh, <laughs> if you have been avoiding Monsters. it because because of Andy Samberg. I, th- I think you should still watch it because he is totally tolerable in this movie. And he's like, he's not annoying in the way that he was annoying in some of those Lonely Island shorts. Um, And he does sort of have a little hint of, like you said, Jason, that, that Bill Murray stuff where he doesn't necessarily have to be likable all the time. Um, Is this like a couple that I'm going to think about and have warm, fuzzy feelings about for the rest of my life? No, certainly not. Not at all. But I enjoyed the movie and the layers and the iterative stuff. No- iterative 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 mm-hmm. enough that that uh, that it sort of made up for the fact that I'm very very lukewarm on him as a as a lead I,
0: I would also say give it more than like the first five minutes cause oh yes first five minutes yeah. it starts with a sort of bored sex scene and various other things and I was like oh is it going to be one of those yeah I, I
3: agree and, and like like James I hadn't seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine so I only have the Saturday Night Live stuff to as my guidepost for Andy Sandberg, but, and I watched those first five or 10 minutes and I was bored, like I said before, I I just felt like the people were insubstantial. It wasn't that Andy Mm -hmm. Sandberg was being Andy Sandberg because he wasn't in, from my perspective, as I say, knowing him from the Saturday Night Live stuff and not Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was just that they all seemed very uninteresting and unlikable. I think that ends up being a function of the kinds of lives those characters have had. I don't fault, having seen the whole movie, I don't fault the acting and I don't even really fault the writing of those characters, but they're the kind of people, like none of the people at the, that you meet at the wedding, the, the the people of the the bride and groom's age or their friends or none of them are actually all that likable or compelling in my opinion. I don't like any of those people particularly, but the writing and the cleverness of the concept of the movie sort of overwhelms it. And and unlike Bill Murray, who I think is both more lovable and more annoying at his post <laughs> Bill Murray-ish, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't feel like Andy Sandberg, absent what you know of him from the past, is that much of a lightning rod in performance. I don't think he's that annoying. I think he's sort of insubstantial and that the, the movie sort of overcomes that.
0: I, I think also uh, Kristen Milioti, uh, this movie just shows how robbed she was by How I Met Your Mother because she's really good in this and I liked her acting a lot. And I just don't even remember her from that show. Um, and I hope that she gets to do more stuff like this. Not necessarily all Time Loop movies, but...
3: You know. <laughs> that would be an interesting niche to be caught in, the Time yes. Loop
0: movie. Oh, man. Quite the, the character irony. Actor. Yeah. There, there was a thing, I, I read an interview with her about the filming of it and it's like they filmed so every scene where she woke up in bed they filmed them all at the same time in Makes order sure uh, so she she just had like a, a pile of notes so like at this point i know this thing at this point i know this thing so you know, in a way it was a kind of they had a weird time loop experience like making the film huh. you know because they would just go to each area and then film like five versions of a scene or whatever
1: well, I obviously like Andy Sandberg more than Shelley does, but I will say, you know, I don't think he is at his most charming or most awful uh, better than Bill Murray in either of those extremes. But I think that there's something about him to me that strikes me as having a similar ability to kind of go from those extremes, even if he's not, you know, he's not necessarily Bill Murray. And I do find him charming. And some of that is seven years of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and all that. But I think that plays to his strength here. So yeah I, I I appreciate it again um, I've come to uh, I, I just I'm, I'm saying I took a journey with Andy Sandberg I was like I don't like Andy Sandberg <laughs> why is he in this show and I'm like oh there's a Hulu movie with Andy Sandberg let's watch it he's funny so I came around listen on Andy Samberg.
4: Pop star pop star never stop never stoppin is one of the most underrated films of our generation All right, and uh, yeah I truly feel that everyone needs to watch it I think that Andy is, And all of those Lonely Island guys, like if you look at their resumes and what they've all done, they're more of like a creative team than they are necessarily like performers, though I will say I have seen them all perform and they all go super hard. But I think like that's like I think that more of their talent is like the writing, producing, directing side of things. And, you know, they literally like brought Saturday Night Live into the viral era. Like, Saturday Night Live would have died if those, like, annoying videos didn't happen. Like, it would not have survived. Yep. <laughs> like, people not tuning in, like, for, you know, an hour and a half, but rather, like, sharing clips the next morning. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if they're, like, if Andy is, like, a better actor than, you know, whoever other person you would say, but I think, like, their contributions have been more, like, more in... Um, in the, the other like behind the scenes creative aspects of stuff and this movie wouldn't exist
2: yeah this like this this movie was so good and mind bending and stuff that like that makes me want to seek out more of their creative stuff as opposed to more of their performance stuff
4: like Yorma I think like has a wallpaper line like a hand-painted wallpaper line like the, like these people wow. have like insane layers yeah oh he's also married married to he's married to Marielle Heller who directed uh can you ever forgive me and the Mr. Rogers movie and a bunch of other cool stuff <laughs> wow um Akiva's wife is also a writer comedian I just like I judge people based on like the women that they're married to and I'm like oh <laughs> they're all like they're all cool chicks like great
3: That makes me like you more. He's married to Joanna Newsom. He's married to Joanna Newsom, yeah. Oh, that's.
1: I'll throw out um, the screenwriter is Andy Ciara, who wrote um, uh, uh, some episodes of Lodge 49, which is a TV show that a lot of people like and has a vibe that is kind of a laid-back vibe. If you haven't seen Lodge 49, you could check that out. I believe he was a. uh, Was he like a musician? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. So, anyway, he, he.
3: but this is his first screen. First, first film, film. Right. Same that's thing with right. The and
1: the, and, and the, the director, mm-hmm. uh, similarly, and and that's Max Barbacau. So uh, kind of new uh, new people involved in this, along with uh, Lonely Island producing. And yeah.
3: I'm excited and, to see and what else they something do. And when you make something this successful, you get to make more stuff the way you want to make it. Which yeah. Is- I yeah. think
0: the budget for this was like $5 million or something. I saw that. May I make more movies like this for $5 million a shot? Yeah. And it, yes, yeah, please. It, it, so, like the Old Guard, I think came out the same weekend as this, and that was seventy million. And it's like I liked some of the stuff about the Old Guard, but I would take fourteen of these movies <laughs> uh, instead.
4: Well, this was also this was a big movie at Sundance this year, like before everything fell apart. So, which makes yeah. sense to me. It it definitely totally. has that Sundance
2: feel.
1: Yeah, and then Hulu bought it for distribution, and then and then everything went bad, and uh, we all watched this movie at home. So there.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Hulu. Please yeah, come to Canada. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I, if you're not in the US, I don't know where you get this. Um, I'm not going to ask our Canadian and uh, UK participants where they got it because I don't want to know. But uh, it, it, mm-hmm. it will be making the rounds. So it will be available in various places.
3: They came to the United States in a time loop. They found a fast plane. We went to
0: Sundance in January. so That's <laughs> but, probably yes. it. Uh, That's where we were. Uh,
1: okay. Yep. Great conversation about a really fun movie. People should check it out. If you are those monsters who listen without watching the movie, I hope you that what we said made some sort of sense to you. Uh, but I really enjoyed this movie, even though I didn't know what I was getting into when it started. Let me thank my guests for being here, Erica and Sign. Thank you, as always, for being in the time loop with me.
2: I appreciate the t- a time loop that allows me to watch time loop movies over and over again. And uh, and now I'm going to go have some lunch, which I kid you not, is actually goat oh, curry. So that's what happened to <laughs> the goat. That's yeah. where it went. Yep. yep.
0: James oh, Thompson, goat. thank you. Uh, I'm going to prepare more for this podcast next time around the loop. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good, good.
1: Sage
4: Young, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to continue trying to live my life with making the least amount of effort possible. So I'll catch you again next
1: time. <laughs> All right, I'll see you in the pool floaties. Uh, I'm Shelly Brisbane. Thank you.
3: Thank you again and again and again.
1: And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this again and again and again. We will see you next week with something else, I hope. Anna is God.